It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Love podcast hate nonsense. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. That? Oh, I didn't. I really don't like lick the stamp, lick the stamp and it. send it. Um, the scythe swing is still remorseless, Ava Santina. The side swing is still remorseless. Absolutely. The side swing. Scythes. The scythes swing. Still remorseless. Still maintains coming for us all. When was she? What's this? <laughs> don't know. Don't know. What's Her- happening? <laughs> <laughs> they like it. They get it. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Did anyone else get it? Yeah. Oh. Sean got it. Yeah, but you probably briefed him. Yeah, it was a prank. Is it one of your like Lord of the Fairies things or something? Lord of the Fairies what things. What's that flies? Rings. <laughs> I'd like. I feel, I feel like I owe the audience some explanation about my Lord of the Rings fandom. Yeah. And I'm not really a Lord of the Rings fan. Right. I've seen. You just watch it all the time. I've seen the films once, <laughs> and I've never read the books. And you've gone to Comic Con. No, not true. You're just lying. You're just lying now. <laughs> Is that? Is, is Lord of the Rings Comic-Con? I imagine there must be some stuff. Lord of the Rings stuff at Comic-Con. But what else is at Comic-Con? Like anime stuff. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that one. You like Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> what other stuff is that? Uh, I imagine there would be some like video game characters. Yeah. Probably. There might be someone dressed up as Tony Blair. Would you like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst cosplay of all time. <laughs> You've gone as Tony Blair. Um, how are you? How was your weekend? Yeah, fine. How was yours? It was good. We both, we cards on the table, we both got tickets to Glastonbury. Oh yeah, we did, yeah. Which will enrage a lot of people. Yeah, but can I just say that I didn't try? <laughs> In what sense? Well, I was listening to Gardener's Question Time on Do Not Disturb, as I like to do on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Normally a replay. You know, I don't like to do it live in case sometimes they get too into sea kelp and I, I don't like that. So mm-hmm. I have to skip through um, more of a fan of their their hedge talk. Um, and then when I did turn my phone off, do not disturb. I had like loads of I had about 120 frantic messages 
and I had tickets. Well, that's good news. Yeah. Are we going to talk about Glastonbury later or should yeah, we just we'll do it now? Let's, let's talk should about Glastonbury. just do it now? We're going to come to the politics of Glastonbury later. Okay. He- heads, real heads of the podcast will remember our conversation with Tom Usher about it. Yeah. From really early episodes after I'd just come back. Oh, yeah. He loved it. He was all over it. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, but also it's quite funny that we're two, two middle-class media types going to Glastonbury, which will enrage. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, but I mean, everything I does enrages people, so whatever. That is a good point. Everything I does, everything I do. Um, we need to offer a hearty political congratulations mm-hmm. to friend of the podcast, Javier Mille, oh, yeah. the new president of Argentina. We're a strict um, enemy of Peronism on the, po- on the podcast. And we also agree that there should be no ministry for sports and tourism. Yeah. And that should be abolished. And I look forward to looking up his other policies soon. And I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. He's got, um, he's got a message, actually. He sent me a little message earlier. Have you See. For, vale. for non-Spanish speakers. Uh, he said, <laughs> bunch of leftards, <laughs> the collectivists. <laughs> and that's um, the kind of diplomacy we can expect from friend of the podcast, Javi Mille. That's actually, I was watching that intensely this morning because my Spanish doesn't extend to leftards. So I was trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out what that was. Is it literally like a combination of the Spanish words for left and... No, no, it's actually, it's not that at all. Oh, it's just like more similar yeah. translation. But um, I, I did learn that trigger, triggered, you know, like right, trigger yeah, yeah. is like le duele, uh-huh. which is like hurts hurts themselves, you know. Oh, like, interesting. So, so it was like, he was like, like, <laughs> it's going to go, let's go le duele, le duele. I was like, Javier. You get it. Have you seen the thing of him with the chainsaw on that car? Yeah. So that is actually not dissimilar to the stunts the Lib Dems do when they win a blue one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> I really hope they're getting a good look at what they look like to everyone else. That's like really funny. Ed Davey with a big hammer knocking down a blue wall. You look as mental as that man. Mm-hmm. That is... Oh, not you thought look. he looked mental? Yes. No, no, I, no, you're right. The guy looked really cool standing in a car, wielding a chainsaw inches from his supporters' heads. He looked sensible. And that's why we're glad he's the new president of Argentina. Yeah. Uh, Le duele. Le duele. <laughs> uh, speaking of outlandish big personalities, mm. Nigel Farage is in the jungle now, as widely reported. You mm. didn't watch it though, did you? No, I don't watch linear television because I'm not over 50. Um, well, I don't watch linear television either. You listen to linear radio. <laughs> <laughs> You're strict linear radio. I, I am actually. I'm a radio person. Um, but, um, yeah. And also, you know, it means I don't have to have the license. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They'll never catch me. They'll never catch me. I do have a TV license, right? Yeah, for, for disclosure, everyone has. <laughs> we all have a TV license. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've never received the letters. No I, one's under investigation. I've actually had a TV licensed person in my house before. Really? Yeah. By like, they were pursuing you or? Well, they were doing the building. Right. They were like, 
investigating if you had a TV license. And I did have a TV license. So I was like, come in. <laughs> Look, I do it. Legal. And they do like really weird checks. Like, so the check is first they have to figure out how to work your TV. <laughs> <laughs> there were stories of, of uh, you know, of people like, moving their TV out for the day. They knew the inspectors were coming. But you just don't open the door to them. You don't yeah, have to no, open the you door. don't have to. There's some really... Cr Do you know, the reason why I, I hold such contempt for them, because, I, okay, the TV licence and the TV licence people mm. are two separate, yeah. two separate yeah, yeah, yeah. entities, right? The TV licence... Good supplies, good local journalism. We like it. That's fine. That's how you. That's how you keep all the little local radio stations in business, and mm -hmm. we like it. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, you've got these people who work for the TV licensing company. And did you read the other week? Quite a few testimonies came out of people who'd been fined and taken mm -hmm. to court over TV licensing, and it is actually heartbreaking. Really. There was one woman who'd written, I'm so sorry, I've been in a domestic abusive uh, relationship. Here's the crime reference number. There was a crime reference number. He held all my money. I was having to eat at work or out of food banks. I now have money and I will, I've set up a payment plan and I will pay this. Slapped her with a £225 Jesus court charge. Christ. I mean, they just suck. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're pro-mile anti-TV TV license yeah. collectors. Um Nigel Farage is back oh, sorry, in the yeah. news. Tangent. Tangent. Tan tangent over. Yeah. Discussion begins. Uh, Nigel Farage is in the jungle. Brexit is back on the table. Brexit's back. What do we think? Um, I, when I was watching it last night, the group chats were going wild with, um, wow, he's coming across really well. Oh my God, he's coming across really well. Mm. Oh my God, he seems really normal. Yes. That's the whole point. Yes. It's not, it's not a new angle for Nigel Farage. How do you think he managed to convince half of the country mm. that, you know, to leave the European Union? Yeah. It's because he's quite personable. Mm. And his entire campaign at the beginning was going to pubs, talking to people, getting the word out. Mm. That's what you envisage him with a pint. As yeah. in the, the old test of would you have a pint with this politician? It seems like Nigel Farage does nothing but have pints with people. Mm. And it is like, it's an effective marketing campaign. Yeah. And then, it, so you said last week that this is to do with reform's plan to campaign for PR, proportional representation. That's his new Brexit. Yeah. So back a couple of years ago, he did say he wouldn't run again to be a member of parliament or to do, you know, run it to be anything political. And, and if first past the post was still in place, mm -hmm. he would only consider it if there was another voting system. And that voting system is PR. So he's now looking to overturn the electoral system of this country mm -hmm. so we can get into Parliament. Yeah. Got some big balls. Yeah. I'm, I'm not very... Um, there was a, a write-up in the Times over the weekend. I really liked the way that they written up, they wrote up the point that we made on podcasts. Yes. Unsubstantiated... Fuck! <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> Quote-unquote, unsubstantiated claims of proportional representation. Yeah, I mean, I went and spoke to the people and then told you what they said. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's fine. You can just demean the point if you'd like to. Why don't you make that point again about how, oh, he's probably joining the Conservative Party. Grow up. <laughs> Do some analysis. So, so lots of people's objection to Nigel Farage being on this programme, apart from like his general reputation, his past behaviour, is that one, one criticism is he is a current politician 
excuse me, he's looking to get back involved in politics at some point if he's going to go and do a PR thing. So it's not just him having a laugh at the end of his career, similar to Anne Whittacombe Strictly, say. No. He's, he's looking to get goodwill. And he, so on this platform, he can behave as he is, as like a kind of charming, likable person. And he will not be, his actions will not be held to account. He'll not be under any, any scrutiny. And the people... And the people are expecting his campmates to put him under some scrutiny. And that list is Grace Dent, Adnella Rose and Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Well, Sam Thompson's got a heck of a job ahead of him. <laughs> I'm glad we brought in the big guns. Sam Thompson looking to become the presenter of Newsnight after this. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's too much pressure on Sam Thompson to take this to stop Nigel Farage in his tracks. Yeah. Once and for all. You think that they've uh, given him what? too much responsibility yeah I think I think if people are expecting I don't think anyone seriously expects them to do that but there is always when politicians go in and do this there is always, always like a staged like interview almost like Charlene White did it with Matt Hancock last year and that, that would have been a pr producer thing saying well we need to have some kind of criticism of Hancock who are you going to get to do it this year well Okay, so what I think about the, the Hancock comparisons, mm -hmm. so obviously a lot of people have been, you know, making this comparison to Matt Hancock, who went on I'm a Celebrity last year to effectively launder his reputation or to, to, to alter the public perception of him, you know, and he received quite a large sum of money and he wanted to go on there and explain why he took... Um, the decisions he did during the COVID pandemic. And uh, that was a very self-interested... Um, push mm -hmm. to launder his own reputation, much like his endeavours while he was in government. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, there's, a, there's a very big difference between Hancock and Farage. They are two completely different personalities. The personality that Hancock presented last year on I'm a Celebrity, or the person you tried to portray, that is not him. No. That is not his personality. No. That was a mask. The person that you saw last night on I'm a Celebrity, that is exactly who Nigel Farage is. That is him, his authentic self. Mm. He is very personable. He is very good at, you know, problem solving and getting on with people. And he is not, you know, there was a few write-ups or tweets actually I was looking at. The write-ups didn't quite do this, but they said, oh, he's going to find himself very alone and pushed out of the group and isolated. This, this is not a man who cares about that. Mm -hmm. He's done this his whole life. You know, he's always been the rogue campaigner. Mm -hmm. That's not going to bother him. I also, I also don't believe that they will shun him. No, neither do I. I like, it's not on their, on like a human level. Even if you disagree with his politics, you're not going to be like, well, Nigel, here's your rice and beans. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, I know you've got 10 stars in the challenge today, but no turkey for you, mm -hmm. whatever. I, I, I don't think they would do that at all. What do you think about him being on this program at all? People have been criticised ITV for platforming. Well, it's, it's, it's really, the main criticism is, it's about Hancock and Farage. They've taken the brunt of this criticism, despite politicians have been involved in I'm Slave Street in the past with Nadine Doris, Katie Dugdale, Lembert Opic. Oh, you're you not going for the big hitters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Cheeky Girl himself. Um, <laughs> and then you have other kind of things like Johnny Mercer is on Banged Up, the yeah. Channel 4 series, which I think, is, I think is a really good TV programme. But there's no real criticism of... Mercer's appearance on it. Yeah. Do you know who we did not criticise enough for being on that programme is Neil Parrish. Yes. What What on earth? For, the, for, for people who don't know, Banged Up is this really good, 
I really like it. TV series where the HMP Shrewsbury was shut down 10 years ago and they filled it with ex-prisoners, ex-reformed prisoners who've been asked to behave as they would in a prison. And they put celebrities in like Ricky from EastEnders and Neil Parrish. Peter to Hitchens? Peter Hitchens, sorry. Yeah, no, that's, a bit, that's the best part. Peter <laughs> Hitchens is there. Um, <laughs> Ricky from EastEnders. <laughs> Ricky from EastEnders. That was your most memorable. <laughs> I think he's, the, he's one of the main characters. He's in it, I'm only like halfway through, but he's, in it. he's been very present in my watching If he had it. to be in a prison cell. With? With Neil Parrish, Ricky from EastEnders, or Peter Hitchens, who would you choose? Probably Ricky from EastEnders. Really? He seems the most normal. Do you think? Yes. One's Peter Hitchens. One watched porn in the House of Parliament. I'd love to be in a room with Neil Parrish and just sit there being like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what, what was that? Like, let's yeah, get to the there? bottom of this, mate. What was that? But, they, but you, you don't criticise Johnny Mercer for doing that. And, and Johnny Mercer did um, the Celebrity Hunted. Yeah. And... He's always on telly and yeah. never, never goes, comes under the same scrutiny. Is that because, it, is that because he's, do, he's done nothing as controversial as Hancock and Farage? Well, people are very selective with their criticism, aren't they? I yeah. mean, you know, you could make a quite good argument that Neil Parrish, who always voted with the government whip, um, de facto introduced some extremely aggressive immigration policies, also um, voted against free school, universal free school meals, um, you know, Voted against, voted for stronger protest laws. You know, you can mm. make quite a strong argument that they are de facto those yeah. those arguments. But because there isn't a Twitter storm around them, because mm. people haven't told you, then you're a bit more au fait with it, a bit quieter about it. Mm. You know, there, I suppose we'd be remiss to not mention that Farage has associated himself with pretty odious characters, their political career, and some odious. Politics, and that is like a main objection to but why it's been platformed. No, 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 but I think, but we know that, don't we? Yes, no, we I, do, I but think, I, think, you know, I, think, I think we should tell them that we know that. Oh, right. <laughs> That's my point. Oh, guys, 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 we know. We know, we know. We, know. we, don't, we don't need like... We're trying to talk to you from like the level of like, we know, or you know, that we know, <laughs> that you know. And so we can have a bit more of a discussion that's not just like us going, I'm so upset <laughs> that, ah. Who's that impression of? I don't know. I was going to like hold my nose as if I was like some, you know, sneering, um, sneering commentator. <laughs> but I don't know what that what that meant. Um, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to have a nuanced discussion yes, with you here. Yes, but I suppose yeah. I suppose you have to paint the whole nuance to the edges, mm-hmm. the broad strokes too. But you know, and you know, the other the other side of the coin of that is uh, the arguments for well, why on earth is ITV platforming him? And it's like, guys, guys, guys. He's on Newsnight all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and on Question Time and he is on your TV screens every single night. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, we've just dragged up Enoch Powell. <laughs> <laughs> we've exhumed him. Do you know who we should, actually, as a contestant and I'm a celebrity this year, we're having the National Front. <laughs> <laughs> every single member is getting an unfettered platform. Do you know what would actually be really fun? I'd like to go on I've, I'm I've got- a- I'd like to go on I'm a Celebrity, uh, but as Margaret Thatcher. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm constantly like a in a seance with Margaret Thatcher <laughs> and I'm doing the tasks as her and I'm doing, I'm replying as her. So they'll be like, can you, can you eat this serpent's eye? And I'll be like, one second, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret, what do you think? <laughs> what would you have me do? And then she'd be like, I'd be, I don't know, I'd have to like go into one of those um 
excavated things that they build and they put snakes in there. And then she'll come back to me and she'll say, we're not going in there. We close the mines. And I'll go, yes, you're right. <laughs> she just thinks anything in the ground is a mine. Yeah. <laughs> she, she has no understanding of what a mine actually is. No concept of it whatsoever. Um, her daughter won it, did she not? Carol Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher's daughter. Carol Thatcher, I'm pretty sure, won I'm really? 50 in like 2004. Who knew that you had such good I'm a celeb law? I used to watch, like as a child, I watched why I was a religious I'm a celeb year. Really? Yeah, it was great. Wow. It was unbelievable television. Um, um, no, I, I, I was more of a big brother girl myself. Oh, I was I was a not a big brother guy. We were big into big brother. I remember my mum and I watching Jade Goody and Shil Pachetti. I do remember that actually. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't appointment viewing, whereas that was like I'm a celebrity was. Well, no, because that that was because it was like. Or during the yeah. sorry during the the racism stuff. Yeah, when then, she like, went the, absolutely ham. Yeah, yeah, no, that was appointment viewing. But God, what a time in in British politics. <gasps> Do you know when what? Gordon Brown had to go to India to calm <sighs> it down? What the? <laughs> say say what you want about. <laughs> Where are we going? Racism. <laughs> it is good that they are putting a lot more concern about reality television contestants' mental health. It makes for a lot worse programming. So what you're saying is bring back the racism. That's not what I said and not what I condone. But, you know, like the arguments people had on Big Brother and stuff, you just couldn't have now. Because, be, rightly because people have killed themselves after being on Love Island. There is. Yeah, I mean, but like multiple. Yeah, yeah, That's it's what's crazy. Wild. Yeah, yeah. You kind of think like like um, you'd kind of think after one suicide linked to your program, you just wouldn't do it anymore. Um, the thing is, is it's it's what's different now is you become stratospheric, right? You become so famous. Mm -hmm. Which you always did. I mean, like, you know, Jade Goody was plucked from obscurity in Bermondsey and then mm -hmm. became probably one of the most famous women in the country. Mm -hmm. But you now have social media. So when you come out of Love Island, you get hooked up with a PR agent yep. or you already have that PR hooked up to you. This is not proportional representation. Now, guys, we're talking about public relations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're handed back your social media accounts and you probably went in with a thousand followers and you come out of it with 1.4 million and that is just a level of scrutiny and daily intrinsic mm. scrutiny so if you want to if you want to do this to yourself and it's hard not to you'd go into your other mess your other inbox wouldn't yeah. you and you could just read thousands upon thousands of messages of people just being very personal and mm -hmm. horrible about you mm -hmm. and that that what that must do to your psyche is very different i can imagine to what just being in the newspapers did. Yeah. Because now you've got both. Yes. And you've yeah, got yeah, constant yeah. access to it. Mm -hmm. um, but you'd be more pro that, right? Yes, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually disagree with what you said. Do you ever send <coughs> do you ever send any messages to people you've what, seen on hate messages? Yeah. Have you ever uh, so like when someone's on um come dine with me and they've really fucked it up, <laughs> I log on to my old and I'm like, you absolute fucking clown. <laughs> that is not how you make <laughs> Coco Van, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> that was, you thought a juggler was good entertainment? I hope you die. That's what I say. And then I log back onto my normal public facing profile. And go, lovely, uh, lovely carrots in that Coco Van. <laughs> <laughs> the quotes we think are like, this guy is crazy. <laughs> um, for 
Farage being on the jungle, I think it is important to recognise outside of our lefty liberal bubble, he is a popular man. I'm trying and, not to be in the lefty liberal bubble. I thought and, that that's what I was giving you. Yes, no, I, I thought so, I was giving I, it you. Wasn't, not a, it wasn't the criticism in of you. I was, well, it was a tongue-in-cheek description. You know what, Ed? Why don't you take your criticism somewhere else? I, did, I, I wasn't why criticizing you. Why don't you? Why don't you try and be on Come Dine with me? <laughs> all right, and feel the pressure. Uh, all right, yeah. you can't handle the heat. Get out of the fucking <laughs> kitchen, Ed. <laughs> okay, outside of my li- liberal lefty bubble, right? Yeah, you're not. You, you don't share it. Um, <laughs> Farage is very popular and Brexit was famously popular in that the referendum won. So I think it's not... Controversial it's, statement. Is it? I, I'm just being facetious. Okay, okay, okay. God, we need to, can you tell me when you're being facetious or not? <laughs> my, my, my radar is off. Um, so a lot of the criticism is coming from the left of this guy did Brexit. And in fairness, Brexit has kind of fucked up a lot of the country. But lots of people are still stubbornly pro-Brexit mm. and as a result have a lot of goodwill to Farage. Do you think this is a, it's a, it's a similar tactic to ex-politicians launching podcasts? In that you're presenting- I did not think you were going to throw me that curveball of a question. That's really interesting. But, it, but it's, So you have um, Rory Stewart and Alistair Campbell. You have Ed Balls and George Osborne doing podcasts. You have um, Clive Lewis doing podcast about the legacy of slavery in the Caribbean. You have lots of... Pod- yes, I think it's really fair to compare Clive Lewis's legacy of <laughs> slavery no, podcast. that's obviously not what I meant. Rory I, I, was talking, I was talking about podcasts <laughs> with politicians as presenters. But it's, but it's, it's a similar tactic to, to make yourself... Clive um, Lewis laundering his <laughs> reputation. But, that's not what I meant. And everyone... <laughs> Can I just be clear that I know this is not what Ed meant. Yeah, and I, I know most of the time, Ed doesn't mean anything that I, <laughs> that I A lot of the time, if Ava is reporting something I say, it's like 90% not true. Um, what other things have I said about you that are just you like should, categorical? M- most tweets, you, if, I'm, if I'm mentioned by name in a tweet by Ava, it's like just not true. <laughs> It's an embellishment of something that's happened. But it's funny for me. Oh, yeah, really funny. No, it is funny. Because I can sit there going, that's not even slightly true. Yeah, and just just lying about me. But um, is the political podcast a more socially acceptable version of going on I'm a Celebrity? Yeah, yeah. I I, I actually think you're really onto something there. Mm. That's really interesting. But I, um, yeah, I guess it is kind of your, because it's a journey of redemption, right? Yeah. So... George Osborne, mm-hmm. proper architect of austerity. Yep. The proper architect as opposed to the... <laughs> I don't know. But junior architect. W- one of the, the... One of the most... I'm trying to say... I'm trying to say something that's not libelous, right? <laughs> uh, you know, estimates between 130,000 to 300,000 excess deaths mm-hmm. based on that policy. Mm-hmm. Now sits in a very comfortable studio and... Uh, talks politics and you know waxes lyrical on what politicians are doing currently and you know we'll probably discuss the Farage thing and say things mm. like you know well what you do well, ITV have a right to bring him on or whatever those are the sort of people that you should be holding to account mm. you know if you're going to if you can see or you can identify some kind of hypocrisy of Mike Hancock going on to I'm a Celebrity then also direct that to yeah. 
you know. It's, it's not just, it's probably just because it's the biggest thing. Like it's primetime ITV television as opposed to, I don't know what numbers. The, um, what's it called? What is that? Political currency. That, yes. That, that is what that's called. Um, the numbers are, are vastly different. Yes, but, okay, two quick things. First thing, they, um, politicians always use this morning, ITVs this morning, if they want to get like a nice message across. Like mm -hmm. remember Boris Johnson in the height yes. of COVID, he goes on there. Rishi Sunak, what booking does he take this morning? That is the first booking that every politician wants because they know that they are talking to the country, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. like the most widely viewed daytime program Um it's on everywhere, mm. right? And um, the other thing about that podcast, those podcasts attract a certain kind of political mind and people's minds somehow get changed dramatically <laughs> when um, they hear someone say something vaguely in line with their own politics. So you could be the architect of austerity, but you also say something like, not sure about bringing David Cameron back. And people are like, oh God, that George Osborne's so insightful. <laughs> oh, this guy gets it. It's Bring back the real it's politicians. <laughs> it's just like, it's confirmation bias, isn't it? Yes. Like, say what you want about that George Osborne, but he agreed with my really specific position on public transport. <laughs> So I'm going to excuse his entire political legacy. Yeah, David Cameron, he might have, you know, Libya might have descended into civil war after he <laughs> he departed, but he's got some good points on HS2. He looks, tell you what, he's uh, statesmanlike. I think that we should clarify, or I should clarify what I mean by statesmanlike. Okay. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to leave it. I'm going to, all I'm going to say is it's not necessarily complimentary. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think it's a very specific description that is attributed to an Etonian, old Etonian, who now has a position in the cabinet. I'm not saying he looks statesmanlike in a complimentary way. Take that. So take that. Take that, Dave. Yeah, put that on political currency. <laughs> um, so lots of politicians have actually been on lots of things. Mm -hmm. George Galloway, Big Brother. Nadine Doris and Kezia Dugdale on... Hang on, let's just talk about George Galloway and what he did on Big Brother. The cat thing. The cat thing. Yeah, it's if... What even is the context of this? It, he, he's doing a role play with another contestant on Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. And he's pretending to be a cat. And yeah. it's one of the most jarring things you've ever seen. Well, you might find it jarring. Other people might enjoy it, Ed. Who? Oh, find you one person who enjoyed that. Laura. Producer Laura? <laughs> <laughs> So Ava has extended her lying from just me <laughs> to producer Laura as well. Um, Ed Bowles was on Strictly Come Dancing, was he not? Yes. As well. And was on Strictly Come Dancing. And name the big name who was on Strictly Come Dancing. You're, I'll let you say it. You say it. Edwina Curry. <laughs> <laughs> a round of applause. A friend of, friend of Paul Joe, Edwina Curry? Yeah, but not a friend of eggs. No, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't have enough Edwina lore to keep up with you in this. I need to read like several books about John Major's government. I can recommend a few. <laughs> um, Splash, Penny Mordaunt was on Splash, Learning to Dive. Do you know what? That was actually an, an, an incredible piece of production, that programme. I don't remember it. Do you not remember it? It was with one series like 10 years ago, wasn't it? No, it was only a couple of years ago. No, it was way longer than that. No. Uh, Georgia, no, George, what's her name? Blonde. I, only wears Essex. Literally the only person you'd know from there. Um, Amy Childs. 
No. What? <laughs> She's the most famous one, isn't she? No, but that's mental. Why? No. I just didn't hear you when I say what? <laughs> Come on, blonde one. Julia blonde, Six. Blonde woman. Oh, um Gemma Collins. Yes, yes. She was on Splash. Was she? Yeah. Oh, okay. I... She did one of the most phenomenal dives that you've ever seen. And I think we'll put it in for, for uh, <laughs> This is a plug for, for Splash. Go and watch the full series. I intend to after this, after I finish reading about Edwina Curry. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Politics Show podcast. The politics of Glastonbury is what we're here to talk about. We were two of the lucky few to get Glastonbury tickets, me for the third time. How many times have you been to Glastonbury? Enough. Enough times. Um, and people were not happy about the ticketing. So if you've never tried to get tickets for Glastonbury, it's a pretty ruthless system in that you join a digital queue. If you or any of your friends get through, you can buy up to six tickets. But the kind of the nature of the beast is thousands and thousands of people are left unhappy because there's a finite amount of tickets and the number of people applying are vastly disproportionate. And whenever Glastonbury is on or the tickets go on sale, there's a lot of discourse and semantics about what Glastonbury is and what Glastonbury represents. What is Glastonbury to you, Ed? Glastonbury to me is uh, <laughs> five days of pure, un- unadulterated liberation. Um, People slag it off and being like, it's just, it's for middle class Land Rover driving people. It is. I don't think it's just for them. Who, else, else, think it, who else is it for? Hippies. Is, it... it is. I, th- I, th- I think the public perception of Glastonbury is very different to what it actually is. As in the only thing people see is the stuff the BBC play. Yeah. And that is like a fraction of the festival. If mm-hmm. you're only watching um, the pyramid stage, if you're only watching Chris Martin on the pyramid stage, then yeah, that is your perception. But there is quite a lot of like, still quite a lot of countercultural things, I would say. Yeah? Yeah. Well, there's like a whole field. <laughs> Which of... reminds me, Ed and I are available for booking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're looking forward to our appearance at Glastonbury. I uh, can't imagine anything funnier than meeting up with you on like the Friday morning and sitting down to do like, I don't know, a digest of like the spring budget. Like, <laughs> can you imagine how much you'd hate that? Uh, just be like, uh, I don't get, I don't have to do, talk about work for five days and then you come and make me do work. Yeah. You sh- you're going to make me do that anyway. It's not going to be for work purposes. Yeah. Shall we meet up? 
I like I like see you out the corner of my eye. Uh-huh. You're like desperately hiding. There's a by-election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here, right here. Um, what is your perception of it? Um, do you know I don't have the interest that a lot of spectators do mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. I think about it in like the way I think about Ibiza. <laughs> Sometimes I like to go to Ibiza and I go to Ibiza and Mm. I have a nice time and I come home. Other years I have been to Tenerife and I have enjoyed myself (laughs) in Tenerife and then I have come home. There is something quite sanctimonious about Glastonbury, especially, I mean, at a certain time of the year when people come back for it and they're like, life-changing. You wouldn't get it. Life-changing. What was it? Was it really? No, they took shrooms and sat a few. Yeah, paid £15 for a cider, did you? (laughs) I think that's, that is something that a lot of people criticise about it is the cost of it. Yeah. So I think it would be about £355 for a ticket this year. It was a £75 deposit. Um, and you have to travel to Somerset, which is an additional cost. And it, like some, like a lot of stuff in there is very expensive to buy. Like a pint was like about £7 maybe. <laughs> oh no, we never pay that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for him, um, and in a time of kind of cost of living crisis it is a big expense and but equally people can save it's, it's I, I don't necessarily think it's an exclusionary thing i think glassman kind of goes out of his way to make it more accessible in that a lot of vendors have a five pound meal as opposed to like paying 12 pounds for a big yorkshire pudding with a roast in it most of my friends work it that's how everyone goes mm-hmm. they've always done most of my hip like proper hippie friends mm-hmm. When I say I've got proper hippie friends... Yeah, you have the most hippie friends. I'm not... Yeah, like, I've got a group of people and one of them just got married to the River Avon. Like, to protest the sewage that was being dumped in it. Like, I'm not, you know... Yeah, you're you're not half-arsing it. I'm not. No, these people were at Woodstock in... Another life. Yeah. (laughs) Or their parents... And they're also from, you know, they're proper Bristol. They're not, not like, you know, Bristol Uni, Mm yar. Do you think it's possible... Glastonbury, the scale that it is now, Glastonbury has very countercultural and political origins in the like the seventies and eighties. Is there? Do you think it's possible for something as big as Glastonbury to retain those roots? To, to, for, is it something for like essentially because Glastonbury is corporate now in a lot of ways? Do you think it's possible to still be an uh, channel for counterculture and politics? What do you think? I think yeah, I think there is. I think it's. People criticise it a lot for moving on, from, for becoming more commercial, but there is a massive political element to it. There's whole like the whole left field stuff. There's lots of interesting speakers. There's a whole thing about <laughs> could um, be one, could be us if you could are. be us, um, Michael. Even if you're listening, uh, even I would be there anyway. So Michael, yeah. hand us a couple of microphones. Yeah, <laughs> I was turning up to, to one of the tents and expectantly being like expecting them to be like, "Whoa, guys, yeah. <laughs> special treat." Yeah. Ava and Ed from Politics Yeah, Joe. who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, oh, we don't even know. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, I think there is a lot of stuff like that. There's some like radical politics. There's also like weird, unusual stuff. Like um, there's people who, like, the green spaces where kind of all the hippies live and play steel drums and live kind of communally for a week. And there's also like platforms for radical politics. Like you could, this, this is the famous thing of Jeremy Corbyn at Glastonbury. Like wild ovation. Also in 2022, there was a platform for Kendrick Lamar, Phoebe Bridgers, Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo to really prominently and vocally criticise the Supreme Court's judgment on Roe v. Wade, 
So I think, and I, I don't know if they necessarily encourage it, but they facilitate it, which I don't think a lot of this. You wouldn't get that at like Reading and Leeds necessarily. I think it's built into these, the Glastonbury more than other festivals. Yeah, but I mean, also on the counterculture, about, sorry, on the on the sponsored corporate side of it mm. that you were just lamenting that it can be quite corporate. I mean, mm. how can a festival not be corporate yeah. anymore? Because especially one of that scale, I mean, even if you're going to go, as boring as the planning laws or the noise laws that yeah. councils are allow now, you know, in the country. You can't just pitch up somewhere and have... How many people go? Quarter of a million? So, yeah. Yeah, you can't just have a quarter of a million people turn up at a random field and, like, have no sponsorship and no no regulations. It doesn't work like that. Like, you know, whatever council, Somerset council will be like, uh, you cannot be doing that. That's why um, Lana Del Rey's state that overran was cut off at midnight. It was planning laws. Yeah, that is insane. Isn't that mental? <laughs> the NIMBYs just don't stop, do they? Can you imagine like some like jumped up councillor being like, ah, Lana, <laughs> one minute past. It was actually the Somerset Council were backstage, not letting, they were switching, they got a big like comedy lever. Yes. They were about to turn off uh, and it ticked over to midnight and they went, doom. Yeah. Ooh. And then Lana Del Rey tried to continue singing without the microphone and believe it or not, no one could hear her. <laughs> <laughs> which was, um, I've got a good story about locals at Glastonbury. Yeah. My friend's grandparents live in a village that surrounds Glastonbury, like the area, and due to a falling out with the Ebuses in the 60s, they are entitled to free tickets every year and have literally never been because of wow. a grudge they've had with the Ebuses for X number of years. There was a... Um... I always find it funny, kind of like the, the, the countryside versus the city argument with um, noise or complaints or whatever, because there are every year, uh, sorry, every year there's always stories about, I don't know, locals furious as festival goes to send on local village or whatever. Mm. And they're really, really upset about it. And it's like, you know, guys, this festival is going to keep coming back every single mm -hmm. year. And mm -hmm. if you really don't like it, you possibly could move. And now the argument that would be presented with is, oh, it's not really fair. They always have that. Us lot in the cities have no um, control over no. what goes on at all. My flat, for example, I get the bins collected at half past one every morning and they are very, very loud. Deliveries are made at like throughout the night and it is extremely loud. There is no way to complain about this. That is just, uh, you have to just accept it. And I, my argument is I accept, have to accept that because I live there. I choose to live there. The same argument can be applied to them, right? Mm -hmm. You do choose to live here. Mm -hmm. I think there is different, if it's a new thing, if it's a new festival, I understand yeah. people's trepidation. Like, so where my um, family live in Glasgow, there was a new festival in a park, um, which kind of, so it's a park right by one railway station and kind of it's there, there wasn't basically public transport was not equipped to deal with this level of incursion of people and it wrecked a park for like months afterwards. But equally, it looked really fun. So I think there is like some object, you could understand some people's objections to a new thing that has just started. Oh, a new thing I can understand. Yeah, but not Glastonbury. Yeah, Glastonbury I mean, like it's, that's a pretty permanent fixture. Yeah. That's not moving. No, it's like the World Cup. <laughs> Huh? If the World Cup was the same place every year, and you, or living next to like Arsenal, and you can play about yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that would, that's exactly like yeah. that. But they do, you know that, you know that, yeah. you know that people are always putting in complaints. So I used, I used to live in quite near Stamford Bridge, 
Yeah. And people would complain about football fans coming. Yeah. People would go nuts. That, that area of Islington is really bad for, for NIMBYs moving in. Really? Yeah, they just got um, this really nice pub shot. Actually, I need to check on that council application. I've, another very niche interest of mine. <laughs> it's council applications. It's um, people trying to shut down pubs, old pubs. And there was one that was very local. Oh, yes. What I do remember called? that. It was at the top. It's, um, it's near uh, Highbury and Islington Station. It's that side. Mm. It's a really, really old pub. And someone moved in next door and then was like, you're very noisy on a weekend at 10 o'clock. And it's like, yes, there's a pub there. Live anywhere else. <laughs> Live anywhere else. It's a pub. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, like it's, it's not like this is social housing or like you're mm. forced to live there. Like you have actively <laughs> gone and viewed it, looked at it, gone, oh, Seen the pub. nice pub. Yep. Let's shut that down. Yeah. I love the, I love how happening and hip isn't in it's late at night. Yeah. Let's finish it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's finish it. Oh, they're putting the bottles in the bin at 12 in the afternoon. Yes, of course they are. Yeah, it's late. What else do you want them to do? Yeah. 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 Um, are you excited for Glastonbury? No. No? I will be. I, I will it's, be. Was it as long, a long time um, in I, I don't, yeah, I don't think I get excited about anything anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you Okay. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I'm really excited about the autumn statement. Yeah. Oh, my. That's why Ava and I are such radically different people. <laughs> are you excited about Glastonbury? Very excited about Glastonbury. And professionally, I'm excited about the autumn statement, which is a very different thing for me. I think your personal and professional excitements are very intertwined. And yeah. And mine are not. Yeah. It's really, I hate when people, you know, like what are your hobbies what are your hobbies it's like watching parliament TV <laughs> I really like it <laughs> uh, did you watch the UK Youth Parliament on Friday uh, well it was on Saturday actually but um... see, see <laughs> <laughs> you knowing that it's like so indicative what's on Saturday um, and I didn't watch it no no I think it'd be quite strange if you did to be fair were you there no obviously not <laughs> it's I'm a, actually I'm, 14 I'm a model UN man myself yeah <laughs> If you um, had to go back and do Model UN tomorrow, what country would you want to be? Argentina, obviously. Oh, yeah, for 100%. Javier. 100%. You could do whatever you wanted. And that's why it was fun. You got to be like a country with radical views on the world, maybe some anti-Western opinions, and you got to just run with it. And you got to be really obstructed. It was good fun. Yeah. I think more needs to be done for Model UN in this country and the benefits. Yeah. It brings. I bet quite a lot of our audience did Model UN. Do you think? Yeah, 100%. Can you drop us a message if you ever did Model UN? And tell me what country you were and how much fun you had. That would be good. Yeah. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. You mentioned the autumn statement there that you're excited for. Yeah. How, why are you excited for it? What, what's going on? What I find exciting about it is that it doesn't seem to be written at the moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things like, we're not doing this. Yeah. We're not doing inheritance tax. There's we might cut tax. The wild Maybe. speculation on yeah. it. And I don't think that this is co it's coming from pretty good journalists who have a very good line in yep. to the Treasury. So my opinion of it is the Treasury are throwing out a couple of things, focus grouping it through public opinion uh -huh. and then go, no, no, let's not do that. <laughs> and then they're going to whittle it down until they finally figure out what to do. I mean, I think what they'll eventually, what they've landed on is they'll probably do one P tax cut mm -hmm. Wednesday and then another one P mm. in the spring. Boring. 
Give us... <laughs> <laughs> what would you like them to do? Oh, okay, Chancellor, give us nothing. <laughs> do, you think do you think there's an audience for like a really snarky, like girly, not in the sense of like, not the adjective, but like a what, what? the noun girly, the, like you uh, yeah. talk about for the girlies. The verb. No, the noun. No, no, we're just saying things. You're just saying things, but I'm like, <laughs> just responding like things like that to Parliament. Like, okay, Chancellor, give us nothing. Yeah, I like that. Uh-huh. The Chancellor was serving cunt today. Yeah. I don't think I'm the person to start this, to be honest with you. Oh, James Cleverly, girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. Um, Stephen Flynn, oh, he ate. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is. Mari Black left no crumbs. <laughs> Go off, King. After the King's speech. <laughs> my friend, my friend Doug has a long list of potential drag queen names. Mm-hmm. And he just adds to them all the time. One of them is Devolution. That's really funny. Which is really good. That's really funny. Yeah. I think it goes go down well in... Edinburgh amongst like gay parliament staffers. Yeah, I think that's I think, think I think that's the audience. A big audience then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's a, what. Um, and at so Sunak is speaking today at time of record. He has not given his speech about the autumn statement. All right, so we can talk about the headroom. So the so the Tories are very excited because uh, the OBR report that came out on Friday gave them a lot of headroom. Yes, between twenty five to thirty billion pounds worth of headroom to play with. Yeah, people yeah, see headroom play, a lot. Playing with the headroom, uh-huh. you know, you know, go um, off. <laughs> and the Tories are looking at cutting tax. Well, yeah, I mean, they they can't, they can't, well, they can't really. Could they raise it again? The very simplistic reading of this is that yes, obviously they have to offer some form of tax cuts because Sunak promised that if he got inflation down, then he would cut taxes, mm. and the backbenchers are frothing at the mouth with something to take back to the constituency. That's not like. We are eventually going to be doing Rwanda and um, we stop those people climbing on the cenotaph and, you know, shit might be really expensive at the moment, but, you know, at least you can fly the St. George's Cross again. <laughs> Things like that. Um, it's, not, it's not an election winning manifesto. It's, it? it's, not, it's not snappy. It's, either, not, giving. it's, it's not, not, not giving. It's not giving manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> I like this character. Yeah. Wait, that could be another drag name, couldn't it? Like Manifesto. Yeah. Manifesto. I liked Manifesto. Manifesto. That is good. Yeah. Probably other ones. Constitution. That's a nice one. That is good. That's a really good one. I'm going to text Doug later. Yeah. They've got one for him. I've got one. His could be Kezia Dugdale. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. Like name recognition. What they'd be like? Oh. (laughs) I'm not sure. Sorry. I'm not sure. Neither. Kezia Dugdale, nor my friend Doug, have the name recognition of that combination. Well, you're obviously wrong because any normal person's reaction would be, oh, Kezia Dugdale, yes, I remember when, uh, you know, they were on I'm a Celebrity. And, you know, do you remember when Lembert Opic was on yes, uh, <laughs> I'm a Celebrity? That's what, that's what it and is. Did you catch Penny Morden on Splash? <laughs> <laughs> is that how you and your friends speak? Um, which friends? And not the hippie ones, I there's, imagine. There's like very, not the hippie ones. The hippie ones, we, we talk about big ideas, you know. Uh, like marrying rivers. Big, that was actually a really good campaign, if you think about it. Like they were fed up of 
Therese Coffey dumping sewage in the River Avon. And it basically... You wouldn't do this to my husband. <laughs> you wouldn't do this to a married man. She got married like fully, like, you know, there was a, a proper ceremony and everything. And the dress was amazing. Actually, I'll ask her if I can put a couple of... I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. Because yeah. it, was, it was actually a bit of a spectacle. That's, um, that's the equivalent of um, Melee with the chainsaw again. That's another... <laughs> just like, yeah, it's like He that. would marry the dollar if you know, he could. You know what he'd love? He'd love another event that they do. And the South Downs, um, it's like they, they, they build effigies. It's not the Lewis thing, but it's another, it's adjacent. They build effigies and burn them. That's fun. Yeah. Of what? Well, whatever the pressing issue is of the day. So like? Not a person. Oh, just the, just the idea. Like an idea. You're thinking, you're thinking small scale led, all right? I, think I, just, I don't have enough of an interest in it's abstract It's more art. about concepts. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of hunger is being... Defeated. Yeah, they would probably burn hunger, actually. Mm -hmm. That would be... The concept of, like, the five wants from the Bevan Report. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> um, so which ones did they burn? That's, from what the the, that's what the bonfire is. What, what, like, tier of the hierarchy of needs? Well, you can't get past the first tier because we live in a society, Ed, that doesn't provide adequate shelter for people. And, I'm actually you know, burning the concept of capitalism. Nurses are using food banks. So we're actually at the bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. And yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. You wouldn't catch that on political currency, would you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's the... Is that the note to end on? Don't listen to political currency? No, because now we've just... No, now we've enticed them. Well, if... Go and watch Splash. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to watch. Don't watch political currency. Do watch Splash, the full season. Um, did you think that they should cut inheritance tax? No, I did not think they should cut inheritance tax. Did you? Well, I don't know, but you stand to... <laughs> <laughs> as, as my father has millions that he was hoped to give to me, I was looking to... Viscount I Campbell. actually very nobly am against me inheriting more money from my billionaire father. Yeah. Um, what about all the podcasting funds? Yeah, yeah. I think I, think I'm, I, think I owed like a bit of Go Hanger as well. Um, yeah, well, did you... Well, I, th I think... Say, as a bid to the country with your St George's Cross, you can wave it again, bid. Also, millionaires' children will be richer isn't a brilliant thing to say. Well, Especially they wouldn't when you sell it like Cameron. that, Ed, would they? They would sell it that, you know, we want to be the country of aspiration and we want, you know, you to be able to preserve. If mm. you work hard all of your life and you happen to have bought a property in 1970 on the outskirts of Chiswick for £70,000 and it's now worth £2.5 You should be allowed to keep all of that. Yes, yes. I think so that is how they sell it. So why you Ed, and start thinking, you know, what the real? <laughs> for not thinking, for not believing what they say. Yeah, why don't you start being aspirational? That's true, actually. I'm going to get up my arse and uh, start contributing to the big society. Yeah. You know, it's only 4% of people that currently need to pay inheritance tax. If we dream big... That's 4% too many. Yeah. <laughs> If we dream big, it's actually yeah. quite a personal issue for Sunak, though, isn't it? Isn't it? It's quite funny how much this would affect his children. Well, I'm not attributing this to him because that would be, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, there are most people who've got a shitload of money, they don't do it. Like, they don't pass it on. You know, no. it, it's, it's elsewhere. Gifts. It's the money trust. is elsewhere. It's, it's in, yes, in trust. It's gifts. It's, yeah. No, it's not just like, well, I've got this in my NatWest current account. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that woman, Alison, the CEO, is telling everyone. 
Alison's been at another dinner party. Uh-huh. Oh, you know look how much all, he's got. Look at all these warnings on my account. Um, yeah, have you got anything else to say about it? No, no, let's stars? wrap that then. Grant, uh, thank you for, for listening. Ava, have you got anything else to, to add? No. Um, remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, but that's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Um, and make sure to check out the subreddit for some good faith discussion and memes. Uh, see you everyone later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.